This is the Your Church Friends Podcast, and we are back with Season 2. Join us as we sit down with some of our church friends to discuss these topics and more. What is worship? Can I trust God? How should I study my Bible? And popular Christian catchphrases. It's Season 2 of the Your Church Friends Podcast. Our Church Friends. Enjoy. All right, welcome to Your Church Friends Podcast. I am Chris. I'm Mirda. And today we are joined with our friend... Ebenezer. Ebenezer, and we're going to talk about trusting God and and how important that is to our Christian life, what makes it difficult to trust God, and just a few other things. But before we got on here recording, we were having an interesting conversation about cell phones. And all three of us have cases on our cell phones. Not right now. Well, not right now. <laughs> Murdoch's playing a very risky on game. The edge. We have carpet. I should be fine. You should be, hopefully. Which, which comes back to trust God. <laughs> right, trust God. And, and it's funny because we were talking about we have a friend who doesn't use a phone case. And, we were, and he has children. Uh, Jonathan McDonald, he's been on the show before. But it always trips us out on how he doesn't have a phone case around his brand new iPhone. And he lets his kids use it. And we all laugh because like, that's trusting God on a whole new level, right? Like that's that's just out there as far as trusting God. So that was just a little backdrop to what we were talking about before we got going. I really think that that is the like how we're all looking at him. Like, how are you doing that? Don't you know how easy you're giving it to your phones? Uh, to your phones? You're giving your phone to your phones? You're giving your phones to your kids? Don't you know what can happen? But I feel like that is the perspective when you meet somebody who just trusts God on a different level. Mm. There's like, wait, 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 you're not going to put like a protective case around that? Like mm. you're not going to go and put other things around that decision? You're just going for it with your kids? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is a really good point because, right. uh, and then Ebenezer, you're going to have to chime in here eventually to talk, but right. we'll probably keep talking if you don't cut us off. But that is an interesting point because, yeah, I think we do that as Christians sometimes is that I trust God, but I put a protective I put a safety net around that trust just mm-hmm. in case. And it is crazy to see those people, especially for me, where like trust is a thing that I work with on a daily basis of seeing those Christians who, man, they just walk in straight faith and trust. Yeah. Kind of like you do. You have to, you know. It's like I said, with any relationship, trust is, is the biggest thing. If you lose trust, the, the relationship won't be real anymore. So kind of going back with the thing with the phone that you say you trust, um, that you won't put a case around it. It's like some people will be like, okay, I'll trust God with this, but yeah, the rest of this is mine. I'll make sure that I handle this. I'll handle this with my family. I'll handle it with my friends, but the rest of, or this little part, let me just give it to God and see how he does it. So, you know, it's just, you can't, you can't, how do I say? You can't fling your phone on the bed, but then when it comes to like going to the beach or like just hanging out, then you'll be like, oh, let me put a case on it. If you don't want to put a case on it, don't put a case on it. Just be free with it. And now that analogy is going to make its way through the <laughs> entire episode. The whole show, we're talking about phones. Uh, yep. So let's get into the, the first thing, because this, I think, sets the stage off for, for our trust in God and our relationship is the first question of what's the hardest part about trusting God? Waiting. Because with God, you almost, I don't want to say you, you, yeah, you pretty much never know what he's thinking because it's God. You can, you don't, you have to wait for him to tell you or for him to show you, give it a plan. And sometimes it hurts. It hurts waiting. You know, you're like, yo, I want this now. I have a bunch of things that are that are set up on this. Like if this doesn't happen at the moment that it does, it's you know, it's going to it's going to offset all the plans that I have. I think about Job a lot when it comes to trusting God. You know, when his friends came to visit him and he was lamenting, he was cursing the day that he was born and everything. But he didn't curse God. 
Like if if you check his, I think it's what Job six four, he said the arrows of the Almighty are in me. He said like he is saying that what he's going through is because of what God is the one that's putting him through this pain, but he still trusted him through all of that. Like I don't, I don't want to say I don't see that happening today, but it's hard. It's hard for you to trust. How like if you think about it, how can you trust the same person? that you're saying is putting you through this hurt, this pain. You've lost your family. You've lost everything that you've labored, uh, labored for for all these years. So, yeah, that's that's the hardest part, I would say. It's like waiting and like waiting through the pain, waiting through the hurt, everything. That's a really good point. Like that, that hit a chord with me of how do you trust someone who hurt you? Mm. Because in our world, in our society, that that's like a no-no, right? If someone hurts you, that's it. They're done. I'm done with them. I'm done with you. Or it's then the, well, now you've got to build back my trust. And in that, like Job is a perfect example because, yeah, everything Job was going through, God had orchestrated or ordained or at least allowed to happen. So he's going through this pain of losing his his children, losing his income, losing his everything. His everything. And he's sitting there like, okay, I still trust God, even though I know this pain and suffering is from God, because obviously... The relationship with Job and God was to the point that he knew that God had something for him, or or at least there was something a lesson for it. But that that is some deep trust, yeah. Yeah, I think that in that though, when looking at so in Job, God allowed the enemy to come and make those attacks, right? Mm-hmm. And when we're looking at trusting God and especially the patience, and when when you're waiting and those attacks can come or different things, that the trust perspective of being able to trust God. I don't know why when you're, when you're talking about getting attacked, I can picture, say like an animal, a dog, like they have an abusive owner or whatever that comes and they might be injured from that. Mm-hmm. And then you can have a vet that wants to come and help. But you're, you have this vet that's coming and wants to touch the same paw that the abusive owner just like broke, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the dog's reaction going to be? It's going to be like, oh no, humans that touch this paw, I need to bite this guy because he's going to hurt me. You know what I mean? And we can get that way to where, yeah, the enemy can come and attack us and injure us, right, so to speak. But then God can come with healing, and he needs to touch the thing. He needs to get in there and work the healing. But we can look at it the same way, like, oh, no, this isn't good for me. So to bring trust into that, into the patience of, okay, if I'm really following God here, I'm going to trust that even if it hurts, the end result will be okay. Like, he's coming in, and ow, it hurts right now, but where is it going to lead to? Yeah, we had a dog. Uh, we rescued from a shelter. His name was Hank. And he wouldn't, bar- when we first got him, he wouldn't bark at all. He was a really good dog, very good at listening and, and commands. And one day, I, um, he, but he was also kind of skittish, and the no barking thing was really weird. Mm. And I looked that up, and it, it was people had said that if the dog's not barking, it's because he barked too much, and someone really put a hurting on him for barking too much. So one day, I was walking outside with a, I had like a rolled paper in my hand. And he was there, and he was all happy to see me, and I was going to go do something in the backyard. And I kind of just raised up my arm like this with the paper, and he dropped to the floor, rolled over on his back, and just started peeing everywhere. And that was my sign of like, yeah, this dog had been hurt. And it's exactly what you're saying is that I'm just, I got paper in my hand that I'm just like kind of scratching my head with it. I wasn't going to do anything to him, but he, he saw that same thing and and it responded to like oh no someone's gonna hurt me right, but like you wouldn't do anything yeah, like that but you see the sign so yeah being able to again trust god is just like do you know god to be able to trust that hey if god raises his hand he's not raising it against you 
Interesting stuff. It's like you said, do you know him? Mm. Like you have to know him first before before you can trust him, you know. Because if you don't know him, then how will you be able to tell the difference between this being from God and it being from, you know, Satan or whatever? Another good point of why trusting God is so hard, I think, for some of us, it's because we don't know him. You know, that that's the if I don't know my shepherd's voice, then when he calls or when he when he says something, then I don't know to go over there or I'm kind of sketchy. Was that him? Is this God? You know, I think a lot of times we do that when it comes to like difficult situations in our life. Is this from God or God, what is this in my life? And we just don't understand what's happening. And that makes it harder to trust. Uh, for me, not being able to understand a situation completely, I can't put my trust in it completely because I need to know the ins and out, what's going on. I guess that kind of goes back into my own issues of being a control freak. But I need to to know everything before I jump into everything. And and sometimes God's like, you just jump. Just let it go. Mm-hmm. Just let it go. That's like the biggest biggest space for growth, I think, is when you dive headfirst into the deep end. You know, not knowing how you're gonna come out at the other at the other side of it. But like once again, it's knowing God. If you know that, oh, this is a plan from God, the details are they're irrelevant. But once you know it's God's plan, just hop right in. Do you have anything that you can think of to where it was a difficult time to trust God, but f- through knowing him, you went, you know what? No, this is difficult. I don't know what's on the other side of it, but I need to jump into it. Can Does anything come to mind as an example? I mean, there's a whole bunch of things. Uh, my coming to the U.S., it's when my family came to the States, we, we had probably like a thousand, maybe two thousand dollars in our pockets. And that was it. Like no income coming in from anywhere. My both my parents had to quit their jobs back home, obviously, for us to come here. Um, just everything. It was like to to. I was when a couple of years back, I sat down and I was thinking about it. I was like, this makes no sense. Like if if a human being just comes to you and tells you, it's kind of like the same thing with Abraham when you know just God just calls him from his father's house. It's like why I'm comfortable here. So why do you want me? Like it's going against what society is telling me to do is going against what your common sense is telling you to do. But if God is the one that ordained it for you, you know, he has a plan for you. Think about like what missionaries do. People that go into, whether it's the Amazon, people that go into, um, you know, gorilla infested forests and places like that. It's not common sense. Like it's going against the logic that, that a lot of people will have. But if it's God's plan, like I said, just hop right in, <laughs> hop right in. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So from growing up in Nigeria, too, I mean, you've obviously seen a lot of things that were yep. scary situations, right? And like, oh, yeah. so I don't know, coming through those, maybe that's helped put your trust more in God or develop deeper roots into it? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's like I said, you won't, you don't know how you come out of the fire. Like, you know, when you put like, when you make like clay or something and then you burn it, it comes out stronger than, you know, so seeing people being persecuted for their faith and people refuse to like give up like one of my dad's students his bus was stopped on the road by Boko Haram you know the main terrorist group in in the north and they told a bunch of the people on on the truck like oh are you a Christian okay if you denounce God we're gonna let you go you know you can go free go about your lives and whatever one of my dad's Christian um one of my dad's students was a pastor at the seminary he said no like he's not going to do it and these people said we are going to kill you like you know that's that's where this is leading up to 
So he's still not going to do it. And he killed him. So when I when I heard that story and like seeing seeing stuff like that go on, I sat down and I thought about it. Like, yo, this this thing is it's not something that you play with. You feel if you're gonna be with God, you have to be in a hundred percent. You can't be one foot in, one foot out, because there's no how do I say you don't win that way. If you're gonna be of the world, be of the world. But if you're gonna be in Christ, it has to be something that you'll be willing to give up your life for. Kind of like what Jesus did, the ultimate trust in God. You know, he believed in his father's plan so much that he gave up his life for all of us. That's good. I wanted to, this is more so for my own trying to understand things because I've got a couple of ideas in my head about it. But is it through your experience, is it, is it harder to trust God in that persecuted environment or harder to trust God here to where things are easy? You know, is it, is it easier to trust where things are hard or is it easy to trust where things are easy? It's, how do I say, I think it's two different types of trust. Mm-hmm. When, when you're in the dirt, you know, when you're, when you're going through the thick of things, like when everything is crazy, you kind of have to trust in God. You know, it's, I mean, it's easy to despair also, but if you if you have plans on making it out, trusting God is pretty much the only way you could, because you've seen like, oh, I personally can't do anything. Like, there is nothing that I could do that would change the situation. So, trusting God in that kind of situation, I say it might be easier. But when you have everything, you know, when things are calm, when things are cool, you get distracted easily. It's so, it is so easy to just, like, I don't need to trust God for my life anymore. You know, we have 24-7 security here, you know. I don't need to trust God for my food anymore. We have people are throwing away food everywhere. You know, it's the little things that when, when you start to see yourself in a way, when you think you're in control of everything that you do, then the trust goes out the window. You know, it's more of I'm doing it. And then it's when you meet that big thing. That's when you'd be like, oh, yeah, God, I need your help with this. Yeah, you brought up some interesting, uh, really good points into both sides of those stories before the difficulty. And I like that you brought that up, Murdoch. Is there difficulty and comfort trusting God because you are comfortable? Because eventually... I think we can at times, and I think it's in Romans uh, where Paul writes about how we can start worshiping the created things instead of the creator of the created things, right? Mm-hmm. So we can start putting our comfort in security. We can start trusting our finances. We can start trusting that, yeah, we are going to have food because of the place we live in. And then that even comes into the idea like then we're just trusting the state and the government that we're living in, you know, that for our dependence on giving us things. But we then lose focus of who really is providing everything for us and who's where our trust really should be in. But then you, you when you're sharing the story about the, the guy who, who got um, executed for his faith, like that's and it's touching in the same points that it hit the same thing for me is that like we don't face that. And it's it's so hard. Not, like not at all. Where do I stand if I were to be actually legitimately put in that question? And for me, one of the factors of why I believe in the Bible, why I'm a Christian. As much as Jesus' story is the the best thing ever, right? It, it's not really, it is that, but it's also seeing what happened to the church in Acts. Yep. And then reading about how all the disciples, for the most part, were, were executed for their faith. And for me, that was the, like, if these guys are willing to die for it, obviously it's not a lie. Like, uh, the one Peter is a great example for me because his wife got executed before he did. Hmm. And he told her, don't worry, we're going to be as from historians will say that don't worry, we'll be in glory with God together. Like if my wife was about to be executed before me and it was all a lie and a joke, nah, that's not happening. You know, I'm like, no, 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 we're just kidding. 
stop, stop all the madness. We're Rewind just playing, yeah. right? But they they didn't, and so that if for me is one area of trusting, and 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 I do think like yeah, maybe here we kind of just comfort makes it hard to trust God completely because He's not sustaining at least from what it seems like on the outskirts, mm-hmm. he's not sustaining my everything. Yeah. For me hearing you talk about it, it's, it really hits. I know they were sitting here like, Oh, let's record a podcast and stay on topic of the thing. But it really hits me in the thing of you're talking about over there. It's the trust you you brought up. Like, where's my food coming from? You know, it's just like nope. the level of trust that you have in God to really provide for things that men, we take all that for granted here. It's not a thing of trust. It's, hey, are are you a, do you have a pulse? Like, you're going to be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then for us, it's coming to the point of trusting in God to be able to give those things up in order to help. So hearing you talk about, like, man, that guy that got killed for his faith in Nigeria, we have a nation full of Christians here, and it's just like, oh, we're, we're aware that this is happening in Nigeria, but we're just going to stay comfortable and not trust God that we should be taking a bigger action to be helping our brothers. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, it's really just hitting me that you gave that story. And I'm sitting here going, this is a really big reality check on stuff about where trusting God is. I think I heard someone, someone was saying during the week that that's one of the reasons why um, younger kids, you know, like my age and maybe up to like their thirties and whatnot, are starting to leave the church because it's not, how do I say it? It's not hard enough to be a Christian anymore. Hmm. You can live however you want to and then just come to church on Sunday and then that's it. Like, think about the, the church in, in the beginning. These people were being, like, persecuted on a daily basis everywhere they turn, you know. When something is that hard, you get to, from the get-go, you get to see, yo, am I in this or am I not? So that's, it's an interesting point, you know. Yeah, that's where I, when I did some studies into Islam is to where that was a lot of conversions from Christianity to Islam because like, yep. oh, these guys take this thing seriously. Yep. You know, there's actually a life that follows up the belief. And for as much as I was listening to converts, it wasn't even so much about like, oh, yeah, I'm really seeing the teachings of Muhammad or, you know, any of that as the main thing. It yep. was really the dedicated lifestyle that shows it. Think yeah. about like this month, your fasting, like for the whole of the month. Do we do that? You can. What I mean, people do it voluntarily, but as do we get calls from like the church? Oh, we're we're gonna be fasting for the whole of this week, you know, just fasting and prayer. We're gonna be just because fasting is trusting God. You're not getting food physically, so you're literally depending on God for your nourishment. So stuff like that it reinforces your faith when you go through it and you see, oh, I came out of the other side. You know, it was tough, but God took me through. It makes you want to do it more. Yeah, fasting is an interesting one because I know you you fasted and we fasted, right? So when it gets to, uh, you can be partway through and all of a sudden the thoughts come in to where you shouldn't trust God anymore. It's, hey, you should break this fast. Like You've done it long enough or you didn't really need to do it for this long or, you know, all of those things come in. It's like, did you trust God that when at the outset you made this commitment to see it through, are you going to see it through? And yeah, it's, it's interesting just when you put into even that willing situation that I'm going to trust God, even when you're choosing to do it, something comes in the back of your mind and goes, you don't really need to do this right now. I was doing a fast about a month and a half ago now, maybe, maybe a little longer than that. But I was, I was doing a three-day fast and I was doing it with my buddy, Doug Jones, who's been on the show before and will be on the show again in the future. But I was doing it with him and we, were, we just decided, hey, let's do a fast together. You know, and he had challenged me, like, I could do a one-day I honestly could just go one day without eating and not even notice that I went a whole day without eating because that's who I am. 
But he was like, you got to do three days because three days is where your body, that, that's the stuff like your body starts doing things and it starts like, then the trust starts kicking in and all that stuff. And, and like your body wants, like it starts to feel the pain of it. One day you could do, but into the second, third day, yeah, your body's now telling you, feed me, get stuff, stuff in me. And it starts breaking down in certain ways. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So we did it. And day one was fine. Like, no problem. Like I said, I could do that. Day two, I hit a headache like no other. I wasn't hungry. But I think the lack of caffeine, that's something that I drink on a daily basis almost, like that hit. And so then the headache, I usually if I get a headache, I'll take something for it. But I didn't, and it started turning into a migraine. And I've had those before, and I felt this thing. Light was hurting my eyes. I couldn't function properly. So I text Doug like, hey, what? What can I do? Like, can I can I have some tea just to get that caffeine in my body so that way I, I could do this? And he was like, hey, you know, fasting is all up to everybody. And, you know, there are very different strict rules, but some people do say, like, you could take Advil, you could do this. You know, it's all up to you and what you do. And And then he added at the end, or you could just trust God. And I'm sitting there like, this hurts so much. I'm in so much pain. But yeah, you're right. In fasting, can I trust God to just sustain me in that pain? And obviously, like a failure, I took some Advil because I couldn't. <laughs> trust God, bro. <laughs> trust God. Yeah, trust God, bro. What's wrong with you? We should get that on a shirt. We yeah. should. Trust God, bro. But yeah, that that was a, a moment. And, and going back and looking at it, I really wish I would have just sat through it and slept and hopefully woke up without it. But, right. you know, it, it is, it's an interesting thing when you put yourself in those situations of hardship to trust God how much you're actually willing to trust God and how much you're willing to let go. And then sometimes, like we were talking about earlier, that safety net. I put a safety net for myself. Mm. And uh, so I'm not probably the model example of trust here. So we're going to throw it back to you more on the trust situation when we come back from the break. But let's take a break and then we'll get into more of this trusting God stories. This episode of Your Church Friends is brought to you by The Trust Fall. Close your eyes and fall back into the bliss of uncertainty. The Trust Fall, helping you grow your trust one fall at a time. Hi everybody, I'm Casey. I'm Remy. And I'm Reed. We really appreciate you listening to our dad's podcast. If you can leave a review on what you like about the show. Or leave a five-star rating. Also, check out their website. It's, it's, Remy, what is it? Hmm, it's on the tip of my tongue. What is it? Yourchurchfriends.rocks Oh yeah, that's it. On the website, you can listen to our past episodes. Join the Facebook group page. And more. Now back to the show. All right, we are back, and during the break, I won't say who, but we were talking about just cheating during high school, <laughs> and I can say this much, it wasn't Ebenezer, so every, all of our listeners already knew out. that, but really, I was thinking it, like, yeah, cheating and in terms of, like, trusting, because when we're trusting God, we do have to put in work sometimes, whether that work is just to be patient, or whether you're saying, hey... You actually need to change these things in your life or you need to go and learn this thing. You brought up Abram. You need to leave, you know, their father's house and go to a spot. 
And I feel like the question earlier is what makes it hard to, to trust God or kind of on, on those things is our tendency to want to cut corners or to cheat. And we might be able to fool other people. We can even kind of just move things along for our own self. But at the end of the day, if you didn't actually trust God, you don't get from it what he wants to give you. Hmm. You know, and I don't know if this is going to go anywhere for the second part of the show, but I was just thinking about that when we were talking because it was like, oh, yeah, cheating on uh, in a Spanish class, right? Like you can cheat your way <laughs> through school and then just end up not being able to speak Spanish. And, you know, it's like, well, what good did that do? Well, it got me through school. But no, what good did that do you? It's like, well, I still don't speak Spanish. So I don't know. I can think of different times in my life to where it's not the hardest thing within Christianity or within churches to put on that mask or that hypocrisy or learn the language or tell people that things are okay or, you know, whatever it is, you can show up but not actually be growing and not actually be digging into God saying, trust me. And as a result of it, just completely be found lacking at the end of it. So, yeah, Ebenezer, so far you've brought up so many different things about, hey, trusting God can be super hard, but if you don't do it, then you didn't do it. It's personal. You know, it's like you said, no one is, I can't grade how much you trust God. I can't grade how much my brothers trust God. I can only grade myself on that. And to a certain degree, I think you might lie to yourself as well and be like, oh, yeah, that was me trusting God. But was it really? Was it was it you trusting God or was it you like I trust God but let me just put let me put this in place like you said like a safety net type of stuff but it's a very personal journey at the end of the day you're the only one that's gonna know if you did or if you didn't so I really like the cutting corners thing and I'm gonna get back to that in a second but I'm gonna touch on what you were just saying yesterday I went to go watch a UFC fight mm. and it you was see my boy uh, Kamaru I uh, hey. yeah I'm not a fan of his but yeah. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but he's he's a he's a beast of a fighter. Oh, yeah. But the fight before that was it was Rose versus I, and I don't remember the champion's name. She's the she was the Chinese lady and she was a champion, and she's a beast. The 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 former champion she just was destroying everyone in her path like up to this fight. And so we're there and the host of the guy who invited us over Dewey Jackson. Uh, yeah. He said who who do you guys got? And everyone's like, no, we got the champ. Like she's she's a beast. And I just I'm just talking really out of my butt it's just just me spewing out the random stuff i say sometimes and i was like i got rose and dewey's like man i usually trust what you say chris but i don't think we could see eye to eye on this one and i looked at him and i was like dude it's in her eyes it's in her eyes i i know she's gonna win again i'm just saying stuff for the sake of like being (laughs) different and within the first round rose through a head kick and knocked her out beat her took the title and we're like oh my gosh everyone just erupted because and dewey's just sitting there like I was wrong. And I'm like, that's what you get for not trusting me. <laughs> but yeah. to, to go into what you were saying, I, I, I had no belief in myself in what I said. I didn't even trust myself. I didn't think she was going to win. Mm. I was sure she was going to get knocked <laughs> out. But we can fake it. We can say things with enough confidence in church that we can fool our brothers and sisters. We could believe, fool every people. At some point, I fooled myself. and was like, yeah, I called that. You know, like, <laughs> like I was fooling myself by the end of that night. And we can do all that stuff. But when it comes to trusting God, we can talk a big game, but our life will eventually show the truth and the reality of that because we never give everything over to him. We cut corners. We, we don't trust completely. We find, like I said earlier, safety nets to keep us afloat or just in case things don't work out the way. But trusting God 
And I think we get into like the waiting part of things, trusting God in that waiting time. Because trusting God sometimes to move seems easy. Hey, at least I'm doing something. Mm. But trusting God when he says stay still. Mm. That's a big one. Yeah. Like, I mean, as an adult, I can't even stay still. I got called out for it in a Zoom meeting. Some lady was like, are you listening to music? And I was like, oh, no, my legs are just moving because that's what they do. Like, I don't even know what's happening. Be still. Yeah. I know that I am God, you know. It's hard. I think it's, like you said, it's a lot easier to move than it is to stay still. But sometimes the lesson is to be learned in staying still. You know, there might be something where you are that you haven't fully discovered yet or there might be a potential for for whether it's just a conversion of one person. You know, it said that when when a sinner comes to God, there is more celebration than, you know, all the other people in heaven. But it's it's crazy when you think about it. Like, sometimes what God wants you to do is to stay exactly where you are. You know, don't move. Just finish what you're doing where you are. Learn, change the people around you before before you think about going off to some different continent or something like that. You might I might tell you, yo, Christians are being persecuted in Nigeria nonstop, you know, in the northern part of Nigeria to be specific. And that's true. But if you're not helping your Christian brothers and sisters that are suffering persecution in in different ways here in the United States, then why why should you even care about the ones that are suffering in Nigeria? You know, it's yeah, change change where you are first and then from there you can you can branch out. That's really interesting. A couple different things in staying where you are. Because, yeah, we can do all kinds of other stuff. But if it comes down to the question of if God has a lesson plan and he says, here's the module, learn how to stay still. Do we ever actually come to the point of doing that? And it's like, you don't do it until you do it, you know? So on the one hand, it's yes, have you through experience learned to trust God in the area of waiting and being where you are? And not to say that that's something that you only learn once, you know, (laughs) that could be cool now that you learned it. Here's, here's level two on that one. But going back to the cutting corners is that cutting corners doesn't always need to be the quick route. I think that sometimes we can choose to go to different continents because going all the way around the world to help people that we don't know can seem easier to us mm-hmm. than whatever God is calling us to do and asking us to do where we are. Oh, wow. Or God is saying, hey, trust me right here. I need you to do this here. And in our mind, it goes, okay, I feel like there's that underlying. God wants me to help people. So going to Nigeria. Yeah, <laughs> like, let's do that one. It's like, you know that they're killing people over there? Like, yeah. yeah, but I'd rather face that than mm-hmm. what God's really asking me to do right here. And it's weird because I can do that with my own self. If I start procrastinating, you can come in. I'm scrubbing the toilet rather than do like, you know what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. We can wrap our minds around all kinds of different stuff rather than just no, what is God asking? You said it's a very personal thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're talking about this be still thing, and what always comes into my head is the the crossing the Red Sea, right? And they're at that cross point where it's enemy behind them and water in front of them. And what do we do? Did we come out here to die? This is where we're going to be. This is where our journey ends. And you could even hear the children of Israel already start murmuring, like, Moses, you led us out here to die. Mm. They see their enemy. And they see a thing and they're stuck there and instantly they their trust in God is gone, right? There's no like God's going to at least defeat them or something's going to happen or one of these 
objects of difficulty is going to be removed. None of that's in there. And their trust is instantly gone. And I think we're a lot like that. And then the verse comes in where Moses is like, be still, trust in God, and see what he does. And then the Red Sea parts open, and they walk through it, and then both happen, right? Both obstacles are removed. The, they walk through the sea, and the enemy's destroyed within it. But in that waiting period, because I'm pretty sure that wasn't a long waiting period, but there, it may have felt like forever for them. But sometimes we get stuck in long waiting periods where we're asking God to do something. We're waiting for him to give us a direction on where to go. And he's just like, right now I got you at the red light. You need to just stay at the red light. But it's, it's there. That I think for me, the, the main lesson in it is seeing what God can do once he says, now it's time to move. And like you said, we can then, I'm just tired of waiting. I'm going to go a different route or I'm going to do a different thing. I'm just going to distract myself instead of actually just sitting there and waiting. And I think when we distract ourselves, even when God says, okay, now it's the time to go, we can just be so caught up in the distractions like, oh, now I need to move forward. The, the fight I was talking about, I didn't see the knockout when it first happened. I was so distracted by the, the nonsense <laughs> I was spewing that I distracted myself from actually seeing it. So I didn't, all of a sudden, the other ladies on the floor, I'm like, oh, what happened? Like, show the replay. Because I didn't see it. I didn't even catch the thing that I sh- was supposed to be watching. So I think that happens. But the waiting is just that it's difficult. And we can do so much to distract ourselves. We can do so much to get impatient. We can do so much to just try to move that along instead of sitting in that waiting and letting God grow us in that moment. Another thing I picked up from what you said, talking about the story of Moses and the children of um, Israel, is be around the right people. The children of Israel were murmuring. They were cursing Moses behind his back and everything. But because of Moses' trust in God and God's love for his people, all the other Israelites didn't die. Like, think of, think about how that is. You're, you're benefiting, in a way, off of the trust that someone else has in God. And I feel that is going to reinforce your own trust in God to a certain degree. I'm pretty sure most of the people, after they saw that, you know, of course you're going to have those people that no matter what, They'd be like, did that really happen? You know, they're literally on the other <laughs> side going, nah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, I think a lot of them were were changed. You know, it changes something in you. Same thing with with uh, the wall of Jericho. After seeing such a big wall come down, I feel like because you were around the right people, you know, put put yourself in in the best of situations. You know, put yourself with the friends that you know trust God also. It's going to be hard for you to trust God if everywhere else you turn, you there's someone tearing you down constantly. You're like, are you really sure you should be trusting in God for that? Is that something that you want to live up to God? You know, is when you can handle it yourself. And it was just, yeah, put yourself in the best of situations. It's a really good point. It's a I, very good point. I never really have even thought of that, honestly. Like putting those two together, like you always talk about like putting yourself around someone who's got stronger faith or who's good at reading the Bible or stuff like that. I never really thought about the idea of I should hang out with people who trust God really, really well and deeply because yeah, they're going to change my trust level. They're going to help my trust level and God go up. Like that's accountability in just so many ways of that we don't think about normally. Well, it's a good thing that even though you weren't thinking about it, everybody on this season of Our Church Friends are people who trust in God. So it's all right. You've been doing it even though you weren't thinking about it. Unconsciously doing it, subconsciously. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's in there somewhere. Somewhere in there, I'm telling myself, get those people trust God. Go around them. Like, ah, should I though? I don't know. I can't trust them. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, but that is <laughs> really powerful because even just to go further on in Moses's life, right? So then they make it through past the Red Sea and then they're getting ready to go into the promised land yep. and the spies go out and there's 12 spies and then you have them come back. Two of them are like, let's go. Let's trust God. He says, this is our land. The other 10 are going, it's filled with giants. We can't go in there. They will just like kill us, like slaughter. Like we can't possibly do it. And just thinking, man, you want to be like, have friends like Joshua and Caleb. Oh, yeah. Like if you look at Moses, Joshua, and Caleb together, like that is a good squad right there. <laughs> you know, th- like what were those other 10 guys doing? Like literally just caused everyone to wander around in the wilderness for 40 years. And I got to look at my own life. Like I'm, life is short. I don't want to be wandering around <laughs> for 40 years. Yeah. Like where are my people who are going to challenge me to go, no, you need to be trusting God. And we're, tra- we're trusting God together. So it's cool that you both are here. So it's like, cool. I see three people that lines up about right with that story. So trust in God. I think you're Moses with the hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just need the staff and you'll be all right. Yeah. Charles, but yeah what's his name? Charles Heston? Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting, you know, putting the 40 years stuff and coming back to cutting corners. They didn't want to face the thing that was right in front of them. You know, God said go. They were like, yeah, let me just slice it this way, dice it that way. And you had a 40 years to a journey that should have taken you what, 40 days it's it's crazy you know and the thing that i, I when I, whenever i read that part of the bible it just it baffles me because you you still learn the same lesson in the end like you could have just spared yourself 40 years of misery if you had faced it when you were instructed to face it we're talking about like moses and that's such a, a huge example on trust because the children of israel throughout the whole thing are but what about this and now we're gonna die here you run like yeah they they were a bunch of untrusting people and then i think about the disciples where they were literally with jesus and he just fed five thousand plus people and then they get in the boat in a storm and they're like we're going to die you know in this storm like what's going on and they're all freaking out and they go get jesus and jesus calms the sea and i think he says tells them where's your faith or something like that like you know where's your trust at in me like they're literally with jesus thinking they're going to going to die and it's interesting, and I don't know, it's just a thought that popped in my head, so I don't know how much of this is a biblical, solid, grounding thing, but then those those guys eventually turn into this group of once Jesus kind of left, and now the Spirit's in them, and they're moving and operating the Spirit, they became these guys of diehard faith, that they trusted God, and they moved forward in that journey, and you don't really see a lot of moments of actual doubt from the disciples after, it, you know, when Jesus is up in heaven, so I guess my point is that there, there's a, there definitely is a learning curve to trusting, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a time of saturation with our Savior and developing that trust. And it's okay that there are times that we don't trust, but eventually you do have to start getting yourself into those places of, I trust God with everything. And the two comparisons, the children of Israel, they didn't trust God with everything. The moment one, one comfort was taken from them, they were like, let's go back to Egypt. I'd rather be a slave than to live without my comforts. And the disciples, you know, was like, oh my gosh, we just saw this, but I totally forgot about it because now I'm in a new situation, you know? So, but the disciples, I think, got it. The children of Israel, those, those people who chose not to believe Caleb and Joshua, they, they died out there in the desert just like they said they would. And then a new generation came up and they had to walk around Jericho and cross the Jordan and do the same things. And then they went into the promised land so it's it's interesting that there is a, a an idea that if you don't get that curve of learning, then you know things 
things get pretty rough and, and trusting God does at times as difficult as it is, is the easiest thing. Right. <laughs> That's very true. The disciples, you know, like you said, when, when Jesus was, was here on earth with them, you could see all over the, t- the, the new Testament, they were just like Peter denied Jesus three times when they were in the boat, they were calling out for him. I think it just shows you how we as humans tend to fall. Like, we're not perfect. You're not going to get trusting God right 100% of the time. No one does. And that's, I think that's that's what makes it. Like, you have to build on it. It's like, oh, I slipped and fell. Don't let the devil use that as, oh, you, you can't trust God anymore because, you know, you didn't trust him when you were supposed to. It's like, nah, pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and try it again. Like, if it didn't work the first time, you know, after after Jesus died, the rest of the disciples weren't like, okay, you know, or when, when he rose up into heaven, they weren't, they didn't go, oh, now if I'm, if I'm walking on water and I start to drown, no one is going to come save me because they had learned by that point. Like it's, it's a learning process. You know, it's like you said, it's a curve. No one is going to get it right the first time. If if you say you did, then yeah, you're a liar. But we, we all just, we learn just like anything, like going to the gym, whether it's in school, increments, like you start off, you start off with, with the little things. And then you build on it. When you trust God with something, I don't want to say small because some, nothing is too small to trust God. In. But when you start with, with with the things that you can practically see and you see God making that difference in you, and then you're like, okay, there's this and there's that. Because at the end of the day, I think we, we underestimate how much being a Christian is like totally just trusting God because we are, we're literally trusting him with our, our salvation. Like our life after death, eternity. So if you're gonna put that much trust into 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 God, you know the things that we can see, the things that we go through on earth is is just a fraction of of eternity. It, I like that you brought up the disciples, and we keep touching on this. And it's one thing I learned this week. So we get to the disciples, and there all the gospels kind of end with Jesus came back, and then descended up there. In Matthew and Mark, they got the Great Commission, right? It's go, therefore, to all the nations, baptizing them, da-da-da-da. And we know that. But then afterwards, it's, but wait. Wait till the Spirit comes, or wait till this comes. And then you pick up in Luke, or in Acts, that it's the same thing. Jesus goes up, and the angels are like, what are you doing here? Why are you still looking up in the sky? Like, Jesus is gone. Go wait, like he said. So before they even got into their mission of go, therefore, there was wait. And I think that weight is so important in our Christian life because that is, like you were talking about, that muscle building. Mm-hmm. I think waiting is our muscle building of, of trust. Like that's how we build more trust is in the waiting and waiting for something for God, waiting for God to do something. And we just consistently build that muscle. Yeah, I'm not sure if I'm going to, going back to how you said, I'm not sure if this is a fully thought out thought. So I might say, Chris, edit this out. But you brought up we're trusting God with our eternal security, right? To use that phrase, mm-hmm. like, oh man, salvation. Yeah, God's got me. But we've also been talking this whole time that trust is such a relational thing mm-hmm. to be able to start with trusting with small things and, you know, to be able to build out and you, how can you trust God if you don't know God? And it makes me wonder sometimes to where we see just such inconsistencies in the way that in the West we've been brought up with, with Christianity because we come out with this, the biggest claim right out front is that you're going to die and God's got you for eternity. Like, you know, you just got to trust him. God's got you. And then we work backwards to, 
hey, today, like, you're going to wake up and it's going to be kind of hard because, you know, you're going to have to deal with the people who live with you and you go out to work or to school or whatever. And it's then learning to trust God in those day to day. And it's just a weird thing to be like, because honestly, I feel like I talk to a lot of people and they don't know, even if they're, you know, professing Christians, that you go, are you sure that you're actually going to go be with God for eternity? And they'll kind of pause for a second and go, yeah, like, I'm pretty sure, you know, but it's coming to this thing of trust because we make this big assumption that everybody trusts. Hey, he's got your eternity, right? Mm -hmm. But I feel like do people actually trust that he has eternity when they don't even trust that he has today? Yeah, it's a contradiction. You know, it's a big contradiction. It's like, I think the word eternity, like people don't understand how how massive it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the most human beings will leave. Let's say you get old, you're 80 years. You can take 80 years out of eternity and it's still eternity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the blip of life that you've lived is irrelevant because, you know, forever and ever. So it's if you're going to be if this is the faith that you've chosen, you know, God has called you to be a Christian and you feel deeply. I don't want to say you have to be sure because you're going to have those days of doubt, but you have to mean it. Like you can't hot or cold, you know, you, it's it's one or the other. Warm coffee. No one likes warm coffee, you know. It's either you give me hot coffee, you give me cold coffee. Right. Big one. I actually like warm coffee, so I'm a bad example oh, of that. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I get your point, and you brought it up earlier too. Yeah. Is is like, essentially, it, and I, I don't want to say this in the, in a rude way, but I'm also me, so... Oh well, um, right. I'm the guy who cheats in a Spanish class, so we got that out of the air. It's on the record now, right? He was talking I was about trying me. to leave it anonymous, <laughs> but <laughs> that was a long time ago. It was over 20 years ago, so God's oh, wow. forgiven me since, and I've been redeemed. Um, but uh, the point I want to make is that if you're not going to trust God completely, go live for the world. It's probably easier for you that way. It's not one or the other. You can't. Fence it. You can't have one side on one. And the Bible even talks about you can't have one leg on one side and one leg on the other. You've got to commit. You've got to give it all to him. And I think as we kind of get close to wrapping up here with it, when we talk about trusting God, and we've talked about it from examples of our own lives, from, from hearing your stories, and, and even like when your dad talks to us, mm -hmm. like it's just crazy to hear the stuff that you guys have lived through. Mm -hmm. But when we when we get into trusting God, the importance of it that I think it it it, it does is it's the foundation to our relationship. And you've been touching it on it, and Murdoch, you've touched on it too. Is that that's the foundation to any relationship that will be successful? Yep. Is trust. Yep. If I didn't trust my wife, that relationship is doomed out the gate. I will never be secure in anything she does. I'll question wherever she goes. I'll question how long she's been out somewhere. I'll go be Snoopy and look at her phone. And that will destroy our marriage and our relationship, even in friendships. If I don't trust you guys completely, then that's going to ruin our friendship. So trust is the foundation of any relationship. And if trust is the foundation of any earthly relationship, then trust is the foundation of our relationship with our creator. And if we can't trust him, like you said, Murdoch, with the day to day. Yeah, we're not trusting him with eternity like that. You're, you're fooling yourself. That's your it's a joke. Trust God, bro. <laughs> we really need to get that on the shirt yeah and copyright it too yeah yeah copyright trust god bro i'm pretty <laughs> sure some yeah <laughs> so in that kind of my follow-up to that is trusting god with eternity because that's what so much of us view salvation as 
but to where for me more so what i've learned that being able to trust god in the day-to-day comes down to god truly is the god who he says that he is who he is loving he is righteous he is forgiving he is all of those He's the God who sent his only son to die for me while I was still a sinner, right? I didn't do anything to earn any of that. And that when scripture says that he's adopted me into his family, that he wants to love me like a son. Now, I might have been and was definitely, and I'm trying not to be that son who he picked up off of the street, who like didn't know any better and just kept trying to live like wrong. But when I stop and I go, no, 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 I I have a good dad. He's seeking good things for me. And the life that he's provided for me now is a good life. I just need to trust him with what he's given me. Mm. I'm not trusting him for the salvation that he's giving me in the future. I'm trusting him for the salvation that he's already given me. That, man, I I have a good dad and he's trying to give me good things. And any failure in that, you, you brought it up earlier and I meant to touch on it, but like it's when we fail to trust. God is completely trustworthy. He's never once broken trust. It's just when I've failed to, to come through on it. And so when I really just look at my day and go, all right, what am I doing? Like, how am I thinking of myself? How am I thinking of, you know, my relationships with people? How am like, what am I going to aim this day towards? And just really in that day to day going, man, God is such a good God. And he actually truly loves me. And he's wanting me to walk in a good path. Like, that's what it says salvation is, that he's given me a new life to walk after a good way and that I can become like Jesus. Like, okay, let me trust that for today. That when I go and I interact with somebody, like, I don't need to be a jerk. Like, let me just, you know, let me, let me catch my words a bit. Or I don't need to think this way about things. Like, what's the good thing that God's trying to give me for today? That today is a new day that I've been given. I don't need to be alive today. He's letting me live. Like, for what reason would this good God let me live in this, you know, this life? That's all that it carries into. If I can do that today and the next day and the next day and the next day, that leads into eternity. And it's no different when it goes into eternity. Is it still the same good God providing life to walk in that? Yeah, I, there are two things you said there. And then we'll let Ebby wrap us up with some closing thoughts here. But when you said, I'm glad you brought that into that salvation is for eternity, but salvation is for today. Like salvation is for today. So I could say I, I trust God with my salvation for eternity, but he's saying like, trust me for your salvation of today also. Like it, it's every day. So I really like that. And then you talked about how he's trustworthy and we can trust him because he is a trustworthy God. That is a definition of God in the Bible is he is trustworthy. So when we have that wound or that thing that we're refusing to let go of or that area in our life that we just don't want him a part of and he comes to us and we're like, we talked about that dog who flinches and pulls back and says, no, this hurts. Like the kids will do that. They'll, they'll scratch their knee and I'm trying to like clean it up with some... Um, what do we use? Not peroxide, the other one, whatever. We put some medicine on it, right? Yeah. And the medicine's going to sting. But we know as adults now why that sting is there. It's cleaning out the infection. And it's making sure the wound heals properly. But Reed would do it the worst. I'm going and he's like, no, 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 And he'll pull back and he's like, no, 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 no. And he's trying to like breathe and control everything. And I'm like, son, you just got to let me do it. It's going to hurt for a second, but you have to trust that I'm trying to heal the wound in your life. And I think we need to start doing the same thing. Like that's that trust level with God is that we just let him heal the wounds in our life. And 
put the peroxide on whatever injury we got and cover it up with some neosporin and you can clean you don't us up. Pull, if I don't put it on, your leg's going to fall off. <laughs> no, no, I don't go that far. <laughs> Fine, put it on. No, I don't go that far. Uh, but yeah, I, I think God wants to do that. So, so go ahead, give us some closing thoughts, and then we'll wrap the show up and let you get to your soccer game. Oh, yeah. I love what you guys said, man. It's, trusting God is it's so interesting because think about it. As human beings, we trust, we trust each other every single day. When you're crossing the street, when the light says go, you're trusting that you know, kid is not just going to come and wham you with the car. When you go to buy food at the grocery store, you're trusting that food that, oh, this person didn't poison this. When you go to school to learn, you trust that, oh, I'm learning something that's going to be beneficial to me. It's not always is, but, you know, <laughs> you're trusting it. So why won't you trust the person that created this world? He cre- Like, God is the creator of the galaxy we live in. Now, just look around. Birds are everywhere. Trees are everywhere. People are everywhere. People of different races. People of different ethnicities. Languages. Are, like, if someone is able to do all of that, he is telling you that he's that powerful, that he literally brought the world into existence by speak. Why wouldn't you trust him? And I'll, I'll finish it up with, with the verse. It's from Lamentations 3, 21 to 24. Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance, therefore I will hope in him. It's a beautiful verse, you know. It's things as life life on earth is, is tough. You know, people go through a lot of things while they're on this planet. And for for a lot of people it doesn't get easy, but it gets better if you trust God. It doesn't get easier. It gets better. And there's a huge difference between those two words. You know, better is a whole different thing. You can you can live through it. You can walk through it because he's with you and you trust him. So, yeah, we'll probably keep going on and on, but let's cut this thing off. Uh, we are your church friends. I am Chris. I'm Mirla. I'm Ebenezer. Thanks for listening. Hey, Casey, what are you doing? Hi, Remy. I'm just looking for a new podcast to listen to. All the ones I listen to now are pretty boring. There's this new podcast out called Your Church Friends. It's pretty interesting and sometimes funny. I think I heard about that podcast from someone else who said it was good. I think I'm going to check it out. You should. And if you like their podcast, you can also go to their website, yourchurchfriends.rocks. It has all their old episodes on there and they link to join their Facebook group page. Do you know why it's yourchurchfriends.rocks? Yeah, because they rock.